4, Matthew chapter 4, and then Luke chapter 17. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Matthew chapter 4. Hopefully the word of the Lord will help you this morning. Amen. Presence of the Lord is among us. Um, You know, a lot of times, don't allow your emotions to tell you if God's presence is among us. Sometimes, um, you know, when we can lock in emotional, we know for sure God's presence is here. But trust me, we can be laughing and God is among us. We can be crying and God is among us. We can be smiling, we can be talking, and God is among us. And he's still present here this morning. Brother Teddy, good to see you. Um, Keep Brother Teddy in your prayers. Um, the brothers that went to see him, I appreciate y'all. Brother Teddy had surgery on his leg, and anytime they got to cut you, you never know if infection is going to take place, what's going to happen. Let's keep each other in prayer, man. We all are going to have things that we have to deal with. And Brother Teddy had surgery, and everything has not been the way he would like it to. So keep him in your prayer that God will touch his body and make him whole and, and pray for each other. Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. Okay, let me see. How quickly I can get the word across to you. Verse 17 says, From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Matthew chapter 4, still, verse 23, says this, And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogue, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. Luke chapter 17, I'm going to start in verse 12, and I'm going to read from verse 12 to 21. Luke chapter 17, verse 12, it says, And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back with a loud voice, glorified God, and fell down on his face at the feet, at his feet, giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, Were there not ten cleansed? But there are but where are the nine? There are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. Why is he a stranger? Because he was not a Jew, he was a Samaritan. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith has made thee whole. And when he was demanded of the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God should come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God cometh not with observation, neither shall they say, Lo here or lo there. For behold, the kingdom of God is within you. Father, Your presence is here. Lord, we appreciate what you have said unto us thus far. We appreciate your presence being among us. Now, God, we ask that you manifest your greatness and your power and that you will do supernatural things in this service today. That, God, whatever we need, we will receive today. I pray, Lord God, in the name of Jesus Christ and by the authority of the word of God, that God, whosoever need healing today will be healed. Whosoever need deliverance today will be delivered. Whosoever need salvation will be saved today. Have your way today, Lord God, and do whatsoever you want in this place. We give you honor and praise and thanksgiving in the wonderful and precious name of Jesus Christ. Let everyone say amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. I want to entitle our message today, Understanding the Kingdom. Tell your neighbor, Understanding the Kingdom. 
I want you to understand the kingdom. We might not know how to understand. We might have read in the scripture time and time again about the kingdom of God. And we have made our assumptions and we, we may have, you know, figured out a little bit and we may think we know enough. I don't know where you stand this morning on the kingdom of God, but I'm here to give you understanding of the kingdom of God because we must understand what the kingdom of God is all about. We must know what the kingdom of God is all about. When you go through the New Testament, you may find at least 159 scriptures that deals with the kingdom of God. 159 texts that will deal with the kingdom just in the New Testament alone. So I will open with saying this. Everything Jesus said and did, his prayers, his teachings, Healing and miracles was focused on the kingdom, not religion. We're not here to be religious people this morning. Tell your neighbor, I'm not religious. We, we, when you start hearing people saying, what denomination are you? You become, you have become religious. You never read denomination in the scriptures. So now we're talking about what denomination are you? We're being religious. What we need to understand is this is about the kingdom of God. And Jesus came and taught us all about the kingdom. The kingdom of God was the top priority, his heavenly mandate when he came to preach in the earth. Always keep in mind that when you go through scriptures and you see kingdom of God or kingdom of heaven, they're interchangeable. They're, they're talking about the, the same thing oftentimes. So when you hear kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven, it's usually talking about the same thing. They're interchangeable. The very first message Jesus preached was the kingdom of heaven is at hand. When Jesus Oh, encountered Satan in Matthew chapter 4. That's after he came from the wilderness of fasting and praying 40 days. He encountered Satan and he was able to defeat Satan. And after he defeated Satan, that's when his ministry started. Oh, don't get me started on that. And we're going, Sister Angela, you said you don't like to speak in front of people. I got to tell you, the people that's always trying to run away from something, it means that God has called you to that thing you're running away from. From. My little daughter always talking about she don't want to sing in front of nobody. Later for her, because there's coming a day where she's going to sing for Jesus and she's going to love it. And for some of you, the thing that you're wrestling with, I don't want to do that. That's exactly what God has called you to do. Yes. So Jesus defeated Satan. And when he defeated Satan, now his ministry started. Listen, I got to tell you, God has brought us together. God has ministry in all of you. He's going to use you and work through you in a special way. The devil knows it. The devil knows God's plans for you. He knows that God has great plans for you, and his job is to punk you. His job is to get you to get weary. His job is to get you fearful. His job is to get you to back up, not go to church uh, and procrastinate. That's what his job is because if he knows that if you get going in what God called you to do, you're going to be like a freight train uh, and he will not be able to stop you. So he's trying to stop you before you can get going. Uh, he's trying to stop Jesus, but he can't stop the King of Kings. Uh, he can't stop the Lord of Lords. He tried to stop him uh, and Jesus said, it is written the devil don't change so just like Jesus ministry was coming forth and he decided I got to try to stop this son of God he couldn't stop him and he can't stop you if you just stand strong trust the Lord he can't stop you and so Jesus first message he preached the kingdom of heaven is at hand. What does that mean? It means the kingdom of heaven has come near you and you have an opportunity to enter into the kingdom. Mm. Let's look at what the word kingdom means. The word kingdom. Listen to this carefully. I'm going to read it slow and probably two times because I want you to know what kingdom means. 
A kingdom is the governing influence or rulership of a king over his territory. A kingdom is the governing influence or rulership of a king over his territory, impacting it with his with his personal will, his personal purpose, and his intent, producing a culture, values, morals, and lifestyle that will reflect the king's desire and nature for his citizen. Why am I reading that to you and make you hear it slowly? Because when we get born again, we enter into the kingdom of God. And if we are in the kingdom of God, it means the king will govern. The king will rule. The king will control his territory. The king's will will be done. The king's purpose will be done. And the king decide the morals, the lifestyle, and everything that should happen in his kingdom. Oh, don't get quiet on me right now. Don't get quiet on me. This is why we're challenged now because if we say we give our life to God, we're born again. Guess what? No longer can you do what you want. The king is the governing and ruler of the kingdom. If you don't do what the king says, he will have you executed. I don't mean literally. But he can have you thrown out the kingdom. And so we got to realize when we say the Bible says in John chapter 3, verse 5, that we must be born of the water and of the spirit to enter into the kingdom of God. So nobody gets into the kingdom of God without being born of the water and of the spirit. Now, how do you stay in the kingdom is when you allow the government and the rulership of the kingdom to govern and rule over your life. All right. From the beginning of time, it was God's desire that his government or rulership would govern heaven and earth. Watch this. When God established time, when God began to create, he established government in heaven. Oh, yes. His government was in heaven. He was always the CEO. He was always the president. He was always the chairman. He ruled and governed in heaven. And then he said, I'm going to make man created in my image, just like me. And I'm going to establish the earth. And they will rule the earth. But here, here's how they're going to rule the earth. According to my government, that's already established in heaven. The Bible says God changed not. There's no way his government in heaven is going to be different than the government in earth. Oh, help me somebody. And so when he established this earth and created man, man was supposed to govern this earth according to the government in heaven. Oh, help me, Jesus. Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 says, And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion. You want to read it? This is where the problems start. God says, Let the government that's in heaven govern the earth. Man will execute or man will take up that government that I've given them from heaven to govern the earth. That's what's going on. So God is saying, govern the earth according to how I govern the heavens. See how good God is? So we don't realize sometimes what God is doing for us. He is making us like him. He's saying, I've got the government taken care of in heaven. Now you all take care of government in earth. And this dude, Lucifer, he... 
crazy. He's trying to change my government. You know what I'm going to do with him? I'm going to displace him so he can't have no authority in this place anymore because he's not following oh, somebody. If Lucifer was removed out of his position because he won't follow the government in heaven, what you think is going to happen to us that is in the earth if we don't allow the government of God that's in heaven to govern here, God will remove us out of position. Because the bottom line is his government. You look in Isaiah, it talked about unto us a son is born, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. You know what that means? It's always about the government of heaven. And when we messed up, Jesus came to this earth and said, I will reestablish the government that's in heaven here on earth. And that's how we arrived at the kingdom. That's how we arrived at the kingdom. So when you go and you read your Bible and you hear the kingdom, think about that. It's the king having rule in a territory. It's his government, his way of how things are supposed to be. That's what's happening. And wherever there is no rule of God, wherever there is no government of God, he is not in control. You want to know why our world is messed up? Because we won't submit to his government. And when we don't submit to his government, he is not involved. When Adam rejects the government of Jesus Christ, the almighty God in the garden, that's when man went haywire because we're creating our own government now. Every time we try to create our own stuff, uh, we get in trouble because God never intended for any other government uh, to be among uh, people, human beings. Uh, It was always his government uh, that was supposed to be uh, among us, uh, his leadership, uh, his rulership, uh, his authority, uh, his way is what it was supposed to always be. So why don't God get involved? We want God to be a babysitter. When, when, when God says from the beginning, I've given you authority to establish my government in the earth. And so we decide, I don't like that government. Ask Israel about that. Jesus was the government. His order was what they originally started out with. Then all of a sudden, you know what they said? We want a king like the rest of the people in the world. We always want our own way. It's always been that way from the beginning, uh, that we want our own way. Uh, Guess what? Uh, You may want your own way, uh, but your way will lead to destruction. uh, But the ways of God will lead to eternal life. Uh, What do you want today? Uh, Eternal destruction or eternal life? Tell your neighbors, time to give it up. It's just stop letting this stuff. We we we're allowing this stuff to get the best. Of, well, what are we trying to accomplish? It's already clear that we. It's like running against Usain Bolt. You will never win. You can't win doing it your way. You can't be successful doing it your way. You can't get to heaven doing it your way. It must be the way of the kingdom. If not, we will never win. (laughs) Jesus told us about the kingdom. It was always his desire. It was always his will for us to operate here in earth. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy it was always his will that his kingdom is established among us. We're the ones that say, nah, we good. We good, Jesus. I, I know you, Jesus, but we like it this way. Mm. But when he showed up, He showed up to get it right because we was rejecting it. Somebody wants to accept it. I don't know about you, but I will accept the rulership of the kingdom of God. I will accept the rulership, the government of the kingdom of God. And Jesus went about all Galilee teaching in their synagogue. This is 
4.23, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. Notice the gospel or the good news. The gospel is called the good news. Notice that the gospel is about the kingdom. It says the gospel of the kingdom. So the gospel don't stand by itself. It's the word of God. It's the good news that tells you about the kingdom. So yes, the gospel tells you about the king. But after it gets done telling you about the king, it tells you about the rulership of the kingdom. So when you hear gospel, trust me, it's not just the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's talking about rulership of the kingdom of God. The gospel or good news. The kingdom of God. The other thing that we miss that I want to bring out to you this morning. We don't realize that the kingdom always accompanied healing. As preachers, me and any other preacher and any other preacher in here. When we preach the kingdom and we never preach healing, we're doing a disservice to God. Go back and look at the kingdom. Every time the kingdom message is preached, he talks about healing. And so when we are in the kingdom, it is not God's will that we be sick. That's why we got to fight. Because it's something foreign that has invaded us that God didn't want to invade us. And we got to now come against it in Jesus' name. Will God heal us? Yes, he will heal us. But we got to fight it because it's invading our kingdom that we're living in. And we got to get it out. Everything that comes in the kingdom that don't belong, we got to bind it in Jesus' name. And we got to cast it in outer darkness. That's what happened to Satan when he violated him. Jesus says, no longer will you place be found here because you are not welcome here. That's what we need to do with breast cancer. That's what we need to do with cancer. That's what we need to do with all sickness. You don't belong in my body. You don't belong in my house. You don't belong in my family. You need to get out of here in Jesus' name. You don't belong. You don't belong. The kingdom always accompanied healing and wholeness in the body. It always did. Don't you ever come to church and just think God is only worried about your spiritual situation. He is worried about your spiritual situation, but he's also worried about your physical situation. Because how are we going to praise him? How are we going to worship him when we're hindered? Yeah, I know we can say, oh, hallelujah, out of our mouth, but he wants you to be at full strength. He wants to use you. He wants to work through you. So he wants you to be at full strength. When that sickness comes, you got to bind that thing. you got to cast that thing. you got to rebuke that thing. Because it don't belong in your body. Devil. Trying to invade our space. Trying to get into our body. Adam was never sick. No, 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 no. While he was in the kingdom, everything was great. Luke chapter 17 Verse 12. Let me share something with you. I'll be at your way in just a, just a moment. Verse 12 in Luke chapter 17 says, And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers which stood afar off. Get the picture. You've heard me preach about the lepers before back in, um, what book was that? Probably Kings, somewhere around there. But they were lepers. And when you have leprosy, because it's a contaminated disease and people can contaminate it, you're not allowed to be among, um, among people because it can be transferred. So people that had leprosy, it was incurable. People that had leprosy could not stay within the camp. You had to stay outside the camp. So it says as Jesus was coming, there was 10 lepers afar off, meaning they was outside the camp. They couldn't be in the camp. Verse 13, and they lifted up their voices and said, voices, all ten of them, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Mm. And when he saw them, he said unto them, 
Go show yourselves unto the priests. He didn't say be healed. He didn't say be made whole. He said just go show yourself to the priests. <laughs> and it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. So he says, when they hollered at him, he says, go show yourself to the priests. So watch this. So they're all outside of the camp. Jesus, Jesus, faster, have mercy. And he says, go show yourself to the priests. Nothing was discussed about leprosy. Obviously, I'm sure he knew it was because they couldn't go in. But the bottom line is he didn't get into any details. Go show yourself to the priests. Two things, a lot of things going on in this story. And so if he, if, if he said go show yourself to the priests, it said that as they went, they were cleansed. Remember, leprosy, you can see it. It's white scales that's itchy, and it's just a mess. And it could be all over your body or some parts of your body. So as they were going, they must have felt like, oh, no more itching. As they were going, they must have been like, oh, that, 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 that skin thing is off me now. And so as they were going to the priest, they were healed. That, that's what this is showing us. They were healed as they were going to the priest. Look what it says here. And when he saw them, he said unto them, go show yourself unto the priest. And, they, and it came to pass as they went, they were cleansed, verse 15. And one of them, somebody say one of them. How many, of, how many lepers was it? One of them. When he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God. I, I think we ought to get into a habit of glorifying God. You might not have seen the leprosy in your life. You may not have seen whatever is going on in your situation. But let me tell you something. Don't even dwell on the situation. Just dwell on glorifying God. If you're going through a situation, God don't need no explanation. He already knows what you're going through. If you have sickness that you're experiencing, God knows you're experiencing sickness. It doesn't matter what's going on in your life. God knows. All you got to do is glorify God. All you got to do is praise the King of kings. All you got to do is lift up his name. Why is that so important, preacher? Because when you praise him, people will want to know why you're praising him. And then you will say because he's a healer. And you will say because he's a deliverer. And you will say because he's a savior. And you will say because he's a keeper. You will say it and other people will go and say, Jesus, I want to know you. That's why you're praising him. Listen, that's why you're praising him. You're praising him so others can know what he has done. But if while you're going through, uh, you got to be like, oh, God. And I ain't letting sister clear that up this morning. Yes, your flesh will get to a place where you're like, man. But at some point in time, uh, begin to glorify him. After you get over your hurt, after you get over all what you feel like, how can this happen to me? Uh, Once you get over that, uh, just begin to glorify him uh, because he's a healer. Just begin to praise him uh, because he's a redeemer. Just begin to praise him uh, because he's God Almighty. I'm telling you, uh, your healing, uh, your deliverance uh, is in the praise uh, and the glory that you give to God when you give him glory when you give him praise you will experience healing you will experience deliverance it's in the praise Sometimes you just need to just get up and just praise him, shout. It doesn't matter who's around. This ain't that kind of church. You just need to wave your hands. You just need to do like Mama Helen and just shake and say, Hallelujah. You just need to just move and say, Glory be to God. Ain't nobody going to stop you from praising your God. Don't let nobody stop you from praising your God. He's been good to you. He's been good to you. He has kept you. He has blessed you. Don't let nobody squelch your praise. Just praise him whenever you want to. Praise him even when you don't feel like it. Worship him no matter what you're dealing with. Because God, he's able. He's able. 
he's able. I don't have no money, I'm going to praise him. Oh, yes, I, I can't pay my bills, I'm going to praise him. My car not working, I'm going to praise him. My rent can't get paid, I'm going to praise him. I don't have enough money to give my children, I'm going to praise him. I'm going to praise him because he's Jehovah Jireh. He's Jehovah Jireh. The Bible says Jehovah Jireh, the Lord that provides. He's Jehovah Jireh. I'm going to praise him. Hallelujah. There's a reason why he said, if you don't praise me, the rocks won't cry out. I'm not going to let the rocks cry out because I'm going to praise him. Yeah. Yeah. And fell down on his face at his feet. Not only did he glorify him, it said that he fell down at his feet. And you can't stand up and you can't run. You can just drop to your knees and just visualize. I'm at the feet of Jesus. I'm at the feet of Jesus. He's been good to me. fell down at his feet, giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. I don't know why the book made sure it pointed that out, that the man that did this was not a religious person. He heard about Jesus. He knew about Jesus, but he wasn't one of the normal Christian people. He was a Samaritan. He wasn't a true believer, but guess what? The Bible pointed out that on purpose. And you know what? That serves a warning to me. I don't know about you, but it's a warning to me that when don't get to a place where you become so comfortable that when God does things, you're just going to be like, yeah, God, that's how you do it. Oh, no, you don't, Wayne. Whenever God do anything, you go and give him the glory. You go and give him the praise. Don't be a Christian so long that all you're going to be like, oh, yeah, God is good and God has done this and God has done that. Oh, no, I want to be like that. Samaritan when it's pertaining uh, to what God has done for me. Uh, I want God to be worshipped uh, and praised. Uh, I will give him the praise. Uh, I will worship him. Uh, I won't be a religious Christian. Uh, I won't be one that's so comfortable in being a Christian uh, because the devil is as a roaring lion uh, seeking whom he may devour. And if you don't contend, uh, if you don't push through, uh, if you don't fight the good fight of faith, uh, the devil will snatch it from you. Didn't he snatch it from Adam in the garden? Who you think you are? Adam was made in the image of God. And Adam got the kingdom snatched away from him. If we're not careful, the kingdom will be snatched away from us. If we're not careful, the kingdom will be not void to us. Because we didn't contend for it. Oh, help me, Jesus. I'm almost there. Help us, Holy Ghost. Look at this. Verse 17. And Jesus said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Question mark. Even Jesus. It's not because he's braggadocious and he wants to say, Look at me. He's always trying to get us to understand his principles. The kingdom. The kingdom, the kingdom. And he says, wasn't there ten? Where did nine? Why is it only one came back to worship me? Why is it only one that came back to glorify me? We better pay attention to that. Jesus, his mission and his purpose and what he's designed from us is for us to praise him and glorify him. In your praise and glorifying God, two things happen. Two things happen. When you praise and glorify God, people will recognize who he is. You will have an opportunity to be a testimony about the kingdom of God. But the other thing that happens is you cut off everything from around you that will try to zap your praise. That will try to zap your worship. You see, because the devil is still trying to stop you. You see, your flesh is still trying to stop you. You see, if you don't worship God, you're going to find yourself worshiping something else. And so when we worship God, it keeps us in the right mind. It keeps us in the right relationship. It keeps us in order 
with God. So when we praise Him, it benefits us and it benefits the kingdom. That's how powerful the praise is. The kingdom and you are benefited. So don't look at Jesus thinking he wants you to do it because he, hey, he's already the king of kings. He don't need nobody to tell him that. He's already the Lord of lords. He don't need nobody to puff him up until he knows that. What he's asking you to do is so others can recognize and give their life to him. It is the will of God that all be saved and none perish. God don't want any of us to die and go to hell. No, he don't. So whatever we need to do and whatever he has to do, he will do it. But we got to do what we need to do because he can't make you do anything you don't want to do. Now, I like verse, let's read 18. There are not, there are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. He wasn't religious. We can't let re- religiosity to get the best of us. We can't do that. We got to be Christians and people that are kingdom minded. Look at 19. I like 19. And he said unto him, Jesus said unto him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith. That's a powerful statement. Look at what Jesus is saying. He says, Arise, go thy way. Faith was what brought him back. I don't want to step on anybody's toe. But when you don't praise God, faith is not operating. When you're not worshiping God, faith is not operating. But when you do praise God, and when you do worship God, faith is at work. And that's what that guy demonstrated different from the other people. They just went and took the healing and went. They were just looking for a handout. They were just looking for something to be done. So they just got it and they went their way. But when faith is at work, you turn back and you say, that's Jesus. He is the Lord Almighty. He's the King of the universe. He's the ruler of everything. He's the great I am. He's the lover of my soul. He is the giver of life. That's him. That's him. He's the Messiah, the one that was prophesied to come. I will worship him. I praise him. I honor him. When faith is at work, you will give God the praise. When faith is at work, you will worship him. When faith is at work. I'm there. I'm almost done. So here's it. Then he says, thy faith had made thee whole. You know what that meant? Not only were you healed, but now you're saved. That's what God wants. He wants you to be complete. He wants you to be whole. And when you're whole, it means I'm a child of God. It means uh, I am born again. And it also means my body, my strength, my mind. God wants everything to be in the right place. He wants you to be whole. He don't want you to be half. He don't want you to be two-thirds. He don't want you to be a fourth. He wants you to be whole. He says, your faith has made you whole. (laughs) They they, They were satisfied. The trinkets of blessing. Are you going to be satisfied with God blessing you financially? Are you going to be satisfied with God healing you? Are you going to be satisfied with God providing for you? Or are you going to praise him and worship him that God will make you completely whole and that everything you need and everything you desire and everything that's supposed to be going on with you, it is going on because you have faith. I want to be whole. I don't want to be half. I don't want to just receive my healing. I don't want to just receive my blessing. Oh, yes, I appreciate God for his blessing that he bestowed upon us. But it's not about the blessing. It still comes back to him. I want him. I want to be in his presence. I want to receive his blessings. I want to be in the power of his might. I want to experience him in an intimate way. Oh, help me, Jesus. I'm done. And so, we go to Luke at the end now, finishing up here. Luke 17, still. 
verse 20. And so all of this went on. All of this went on. Where he healed the ten lepers. One came back. Nine just went their way. All of this stuff happened. And verse 20 took place. And when he was demanded of the Pharisees. (laughs) All while that's going on, the religious people was watching. And the religious people says, we want you to tell us when the kingdom of God should come. The religious people, we want you to tell us when the kingdom of God should come. They watch the miracle. They watch the ten lepers get healed. They watch all this stuff. They watch Jesus tell them about faith. Your faith has made you whole. They watch all this stuff. And then after it was all done, well, how about you tell us? When shall the kingdom come? Because here's what the religious people wanted. They wanted this big temple to be set up with walls all around it. That only them can get in. Because the kingdom was promised to them. So the kingdom was talked about all throughout the Old Testament. And so now, here they are. Yeah. Oh, that's all good. But now that, because we're the special people. That dude was a Samaritan. He was just extra. Come on now, let's bring it modern day. He was just extra. He coming down, bowing at your feet and all that stuff. That ain't necessary. We, 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 the, we the children of God. When shall the king come? The, the, the kingdom come? Yeah, they wanted to know that. And this is where Jesus responded to them and said, when the kingdom should come, Jesus, Jesus answered, he answered and said unto them, the kingdom of God Come it not with observation. He told them, you're not going to be able to see it. You're not going to be able to see the kingdom. So that thing you've been waiting on all your life, I don't know what your parents told you. I know they told you about the, the, the deliverance, the children of Israel being delivered and all. I know they told you all the good stories. But what you're waiting for is not what's happening. You want this great temple with gold and that stuff that was back in Solomon days. That's what you're looking for. Temple with gold-plated this and gold-plated that and all this good stuff. And the wall all around to keep out all the people that ain't religious like us. That's what you want. And Jesus said, the kingdom of God do not come with observation. You won't be able to see it. Mm. In John chapter 3, before it get to verse 5, I believe it's in chapter 3, it says if you're not born again, you cannot see. 5 says you can't enter. 3 and 5, where is that? Go to real quick, let me show you something real quick. Um, John chapter 3, verse 3. John chapter 3, verse 3. And here it comes. Jesus answered said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot, what? Go to five. And now five says, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of spirit, he cannot. So back to how Jesus don't miss anything. If you study your Bible, you'll see, man, this is amazing. So Jesus said to them, the kingdom of God come not with observation. You won't be able to see it because you're not born again. So they wanted to see this thing. And he's saying, what I've come to do, the kingdom I'm talking about, you can't see it unless you're born again. And you can't enter it unless you're born of the water and of the spirit. Uh, mess them up. Mess them up. Don't come with observation, brothers. Won't be able to see it. And so, when he told them that, that it comes with, ob- without observation, you won't, be, you won't be able to see it. They may have expected that Solomon's temple and all that wall stuff. When you go to Jerusalem, you see Jerusalem, wall all around Jerusalem, nice. That's what they was looking for. Verse 21, neither shall they say, lo here or lo there. You won't be able to point out where it is. He says, behold, the kingdom of God is within you. 
So, we talked about what the kingdom was. The reign, the rulership, the government of God. Ruling over territory. Ruling in our lives. And that's what the whole thing was. He created morals. He created a lifestyle. He created what he created for his kingdom to be governed by. And so now we understand that his kingdom is not the building we come into to worship. His kingdom is not this room or any church that, 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 that we go to build in the worship. That's not his kingdom. The Bible says his kingdom, the kingdom of God is within you. And so what that means is God has to rule and govern our life. For us to say we are in the kingdom, the first question must be, have I been born again of the warden of the spirit? And the second question is, is he govern, governing or is his government ruling in my life? Let's stand. It's not good enough to come to church. It's not good enough to read your Bible. But the kingdom of God must be within me. And I just want you to take a few moments today before you walk out of these doors. Is to make sure the kingdom of God is reigning in your life. If God asks you to do something right now that you're not comfortable with, what will be your response? If God's word told you this is wrong and this is right, what are you going to do? This is why we must understand the kingdom principle. Because if we're not careful, we're going to govern our own life. But we may, we may be like the Pharisees. Not, not understanding that you can't be in the kingdom and govern your own life. If you're in the kingdom, the king is governing your life. And you're going to have to become completely satisfied. Completely at peace with that. So when you decide this is just how you feel. When you decide this is just what I think. When you decide this is just what I feel like I got to do, are you going to stop and say, the kingdom is within me? The reign and rulership and government of God is in my life. That's what this is all about. If you have not given your life to God, God said through his word, you must be born again. How will you receive that today? You must be born again. You don't have a choice if you want to be in his kingdom. So when you reject that, what you're saying is, I'm going to live according to my own government. And when God says you need to repent of your sins, are you going to reject that or repent of your sins? And when God said to love your neighbor as yourself, are you going to reject that? going to say, yes, Lord. It's time to let the kingdom of God reign within you. Let the kingdom of God reign in your life. Because one of the saddest things that can happen to us is that we get born again, but we don't let the king govern our life. And we can't receive the benefits that the king promised us if the king is not reigning in our life. And so many times we're looking for the benefits that the king talked about. But the king is not governing our life. I talked about on Thursday that when you become born again and you become a part of the body... If you're not joined to the body by getting involved, then you're separated from the body. And the Bible says God is coming back for a church, which is his body. So if I'm not, 
if I'm not joined, connected to the body, when he comes back, I'm going to be left. Today is all about the kingdom. I want you to understand the kingdom. And I pray to God that however I conveyed it to you, you now understand the kingdom. It's the gospel message that we must talk about. It's, 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 it's healing and deliverance and, and faith. All of these things encompasses the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is not just salvation, but you can't get into the kingdom without salvation. And it's time for the church to understand the operation of the kingdom. Sometimes we don't get to experience You've been hearing me talk about this, and I'm, 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 I'm serious. I'm closing. Closing. When you understand the kingdom, you operate in a different authority. When I come to deal with the devil, or I come to deal with diseases or sickness, I don't come timidly. Because I don't come under my administration. I'm not coming with Clinton administration. I'm not coming with Trump administration. But I'm coming with the government of Almighty God. His name is Jesus, and He's the ruler of everything. So when I confront Satan, when I confront diseases, when I confront sickness, when I confront anything that is not of the kingdom, I have the authority. I have, you have the authority. As the child of God, because you're in the kingdom of God, to operate with authority that the devil will shake in his boots when he sees you coming. What did the devil say when Jesus was coming? Oh, Jesus, thou son of God, have mercy on us. When Jesus is coming, the devils tremble and they get scared. You know why? Because they know who he is. And if we're his children, they know who we are. It's time to operate in kingdom authority kingdom government God thy kingdom come thy kingdom come in the name of Jesus just pray for a few moments will you just respond to the word of God in obedience today Whatever it is that you're dealing with whatever it is that have kind of separated you from being allowing the kingdom to operate in your life why don't you change that right now you can change that in a, in a moment. All you got to say is, Jesus, I realize that I have not allowed the kingdom to be in my life. I have not allowed the government of God to reign in my life. And so today, in the name of Jesus, I ask for your forgiveness. Will you forgive me, Lord God, for, for doing my own thing? Will you forgive me, Lord, for, for, for ignoring the kingdom government? Today, Lord God, I submit to you, I surrender to you, because I want your government to govern my life, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, whatever it is today, you don't have to leave without the Holy Ghost, because it is God's will that the Holy Ghost oh, be released in your life, and you will receive it. It's not the will of God that you leave here with ailments and sickness and disease in your body, because it's not God's will. You just got to take authority. You got to take, take authority and let God reign in your life. The kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God is within you. Now let him reign. Let him reign. You have been born again of the war and of the spirit. Now let him reign. Let him govern your life. Let him give you what must, what you need. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Take on the lifestyle that he has set forth for you. Live by the morals that he has established for you. Let the kingdom be 